Hello and welcome to Landings with a Flare, the podcast where we supplement and support flight training. This is Captain Teresa. This episode will be a pilot ground school lesson in a format called a guided discussion. It's part one of three in a series about radio communication. All three episodes were recorded at the same time. You may hear us referencing terms such as the FAA and ICAO. For those of you who are new, the FAA stands for the Federal Aviation Administration. It's a government agency in the United States that deals with aviation. ICAO stands for the International Civil Aviation Organization. It's an international organization that helps standardize international aviation practices. This conversation was recorded on the audio platform called Clubhouse. You will likely hear some variation in audio quality as speakers tune in from around the world. You will also hear background noises as people go about their daily business. I am particularly embarrassed to mention that on the first few episodes, you will probably hear the sound of camera clicks. That was me happily taking screenshots as all the speakers joined the room. If you hear the sound of camera clicking while you are speaking, then you can rest assured that I trusted what you were saying enough to slightly turn my attention away. Many of our ground school lessons include handouts, which you can find along with other resources in the podcast show notes. We hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations. Welcome aboard. We're going to start with the word affirmative. And let's start off with Gab. Go right ahead, Gab. I would like to say the word affirm uh, because this is the way that it's done in the UK. Um, but affirmative and affirm are basically the same thing, and it means yes. I'm so glad you said that. This is an international conversation. Affirmative is what we use in the FAA to say yes, but affirm is actually recommended more in other countries. And uh, who would like to comment on that? I saw Manuela flash a mic and then Enrique. Go ahead. Uh, I can relate to what Gab said. Affirm um, in Ireland means yes. Exactly. Enrique, go ahead. I see you have a comment as well. Yeah, so pretty much a firm is required by ICAO. Um, even though the FAA has some, some different, different rules, um, a firm is required by ICAO. And the reason behind that, I, I probably are going to discuss that um, in a few minutes, but uh, um, I may have to jump on the gun right now. So pretty much ICAO requires you to use a firm in order to not be confused with negative. Because the end of the world, they are quite similar between each other. So they require you to use a firm to, to say that in a clear way, to confirm something in a clear way. Exactly. So affirmative and negative sound like each other. I used to think in the United States that a firm was just kind of an informal slang. But it actually is the recommended procedure. Does anyone else have comments on affirmative before we move on to negative? Okay, negative. I'm, I know we know this one. Manuela, go ahead. So negative uh, in Europe means no, or like not permission granted, or another way that is not correct or not capable. 
Beautiful, beautiful. What more can you say? Okay, we're moving on. Oh, Gab, go ahead. Uh, I wanted to interject. Um, there is another way of saying that you're unable to do something, and it's unable, and uh, it's followed by a reason. Beautiful. That is one of our words, unable. So if they say, would you please make a 360-degree turn, you could say unable, and then you could possibly offer another solution as well. Unable, but I could do this other maneuver if you want, right? You could give me vectors away from traffic. Alex, I see your microphone flash. Go ahead. Yeah, with unable and negative, um, me being a hobby ATC, um, I always like to, at Hamburg Airport, where I always uh, ATC online, I always like to give shorter runway intersections uh, to uh, better traffic flow. So I always ask, are you able Alpha 6 um, for takeoff, for example? Oh, that's good. And the other thing is if, so then someone might say unable. Another thing is if you say unable, it's a good reason to say why. For example, maybe you don't have the correct radio equipment to do it. Uh, in certain approaches, they might say, can you accept this approach? And you would say unable negative DME, meaning you don't have that type of equipment or something like that. Let's go to April, our air traffic controller. <laughs> you make me sound like a superhero. You, say, like, you are, April. <laughs> no, please do not. No. Um, I'm sorry, you caught me off guard. Okay, so the expectation when, um, from my end when I hear the word unable, a why is usually expected because in our minds we have a plan. Hence, we ask you to do something. When you say unable and then leave it at that, I'm like, okay, I'm not sure what to do now because I don't know why in my mind you're capable. This aircraft is capable in the past. This aircraft or this aircraft type has been able to do this. So why not? And so when you give me a reason or give the controller a reason, it's like, okay, now we can jump to what our plan B or C would be. Um, or we won't use you to maneuver or do whatever it is that we were trying to get you to do. We'll move on to the next aircraft that can actually do it to help us out or help the situation out. So it's always a good rule of thumb to whenever you say unable, comma, why. Whereas when you say negative, a lot of times negative is usually no. And then it's left at that. But whenever I know when I when I get a request from an aircraft and they say, hey, can we do this? Unable, have traffic in the area or um, just for some amount of unable for departures. Okay, then they can adjust or adjust their request or just don't do whatever they were asking in the first place. So it's always assumed that you're going to have a reason with the unable. Such good comments. And because pilots want controllers to tell them why they're doing things, it's recommended. And so it should go both directions. Enrique, I saw your microphone flash and then we'll go to Manuela. Yeah, uh, we can revert to one of the most famous examples where the world where the word um, enable was used and pretty much that was on the on the cactus accident on on the hudson river where the controller was give was offering captain sully the option to land at titeboro at newark at jfk at uh, la guardia and for all those offers from from the atc he was saying that he was unable and as we just said, he was giving um, the other option. So pretty much the other option was, we are going to end up in the Hudson. So um, that's pretty much the most famous situation where someone has used the word unable in, in 
radio communications. Great point. And someone from the audience mentioned, sent up a message saying that unable is often followed by the words do too. And it's interesting how professional Sully was explaining even then in that situation. Manuela, go right ahead. Right. I think there is a little bit of a difference between negative and unable. I mean, negative is permission not granted or that is not correct. And unable means I cannot comply with your instruction, request, or clearance. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, that's a good point. You have to be careful when you, we have to be careful when we say negative. If you're asking for a downwind departure and the ATC will say negative, that means not permission. You have no permission to do that. When they will ask you, make a turn. 180, you will be saying unable. You cannot say negative. You say unable to do that. That is a good point. Negative just means a simple no. If they asked you, is the sky blue? And you said negative, you were just saying no. That is what negative means. Let's talk about the word Roger. Let's go to Alex. It's uh, kind of saying like understood. Roger means I understand. I agree. Any So let's move on to the one that's similar but different. What does Wilco mean? Let's start with Johnny. Go ahead, Johnny. Whew, there's so many great comments out here. I finally get a chance to get in. It means that uh, I understand and will comply with your instructions. Exactly. So what is the difference between... Roger and Wilco, or what are some examples when you would use the two? Let's go to April. This is my favorite conversation, this one right here. Um, so when you hear Roger, it's just like, um, I'm probably just giving you some information that I don't necessarily need feedback from, or I don't need you to necessarily acknowledge that you're going to agree to do something. It's just to let you know that something's happening. They just be advised. Um, there were some fireworks about 15 miles north of the position. Roger, that's just saying, hey, I hear you. I acknowledge. Um, I understand. Okay, thank you. Whereas Wilco, hey, there's fireworks about five miles ahead of your position. Uh, suggest you turn right 20 degrees. Wilco, meaning that I will comply, that I will do that. Um, and it changes the urgency or it changes the, the type of information expected kind of. So when I hear Roger, Roger just means the acknowledgement that I hear you, whereas Wilco means I hear you and I will comply. I do understand the instructions. I'm about to do it. I will do it. Um, and it's, it's acceptable. Then it's, it's probably one of the acceptable things to hear when instead of a full read back, Wilco, meaning I will comply versus reading Roger, turn heading, da, 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 which is also a good thing to do. But I digress. So that's the difference. <laughs> Oh, thank you, April. Thank you so much. Because so many people get those confused. And you can often tell who's a new pilot when they get it confused. Does anyone have comments about the difference between Roger and Wilco before we move on? I'm looking for a microphone. Uh, Dr. Gemma, and then we'll go to Manuela. Thank you. So uh, we got some experience about this Wilco and Roger. So the first is when I was when I'm flying in states or even flying outside the country. Um, basically, we have to understand that whether Wilco or Roger is for any 
um, any communication that not required for a readback. But some newcomer pilot, they use the Roger and Wilco for any instruction that require readback. And finally, a lot of catastrophe happened because of this work. So whatever uh, the ATC say that, that required readback, we shouldn't use the Wilco or Roger. It's better to uh, just, just double check and, and, and just say whatever they want us to say. Um, for me, if we, 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 we talk about a will comply, then any instruction very short and not necessarily we need to read back. We can use Wilco. Um, Roger, maybe when they update us, like um, maybe when we call SoCal and they, they inform us like altimeter settings, we can just say Roger for that. Um, information and instruction is two different things. And I really recommend you to always read back for the instruction without Roger or Wilco. Okay, yes. So that should be used with discretion. Manuela, did you have a comment? I, I think Roger uh, is also used for kind of like situational awareness. An example can be in the pattern or you have, you know, a heading of 360, then the aircraft, traffic, the ATC will tell you, you know, you have an aircraft nine o'clock and then you will be like, you know, Roger, you, you kind of like get the, the knowledge that something is happening. Sure, because sometimes you don't want to give too long of a radio call either. It's, there's an art to knowing how much and how little to say. Okay, we are going to move on. Oh, Johnny, go right ahead. Sorry to interject right now, but I, I use Wilco all the time. And I, like, like you said, it is an art. You know, once you guys get, once people get more experience, you'll understand when and what you have to read back and what is appropriate, when is appropriate to say Wilco. Like the example I wanted to, to give is that, that when I make a radio call, they'll tell me upon descending through 5,000 feet, contact advisory. I don't need to read that back. Only thing I need to say is Wilco and, and continue moving. That way I'm not bogging the radios down. I don't have to call that person back. They understand that I understand what at 5,000 feet what I'm supposed to do. Thank you for saying that. That is a great comment. And Philip, I did see your microphone flash. Go right ahead. No problem. Um, I really want to emphasize that Roger that is not the right expression. And I also want to say that in some parts of the world, instead of Roger, uh, you can only read back your call sign. That's it. But that's not ICAO Center. ICAO Center would be Roger and then call sign. But in some areas, you may only hear the call sign. That's true. I used to have students look at me very confused when they got long radio calls when I was flight instructing. And I would say, just read back the last part of your call sign. And they would feel so relieved that sometimes, not always, but sometimes that's okay. Let's move on to the phrase, say again. When would you use it? Let's go to Manuela. So say again, I think it means here in Europe, repeat all or the following part or literally the last transmission. Uh, you can also use say again to, uh, let's say you received half a message and was the controller was stepped on for the second half. You could say, say again, all after Q&H1013. So what that would mean is say again, everything after the Q&H1013. Exactly. That is a very professional phrase or way to say it. That was right by the book. 
Okay, let's talk about the words confirm and verify, which are pretty similar words. Confirm is more common and my is more commonly used. Enrique, would you like to tell us about the word confirm? So the word confirm, uh, it's it's used to from the pilots to ATC or vice versa in order to to confirm that um, you understood correctly an instruction. So you would say confirm, uh, let's say runway news, um, runway three four, for example. Confirm is a little bit like say again, except you're telling them that you were at least listening a little bit and you just wanted to really confirm. So, for example, let's say that they said uh, Cessna one two three four five, turn right heading three six zero. And you thought you were supposed to turn left, not right. You can say, confirm that was a right turn to 360. And then the controller has a moment to think about it. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, negative uh, turn left, you know, and then they can tell you what they really want to tell you. Okay, so that is confirm. It can be used many ways. It's like saying, say I was listening, but I just want you to pay really close attention to what I'm reading back to you. No way. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Say it one more time. Uh, no, yeah. No, yeah. Oh, my apologies. Go ahead. I know you have a comment. Yeah. Um, just wanted to uh, um, say just some advice about the radio communication. So with the, the verify and confirm, I think someone said it earlier. You're, you'll, you'll learn how to uh, use some of these terms. So like confirm and verify. I mean, it's not a big deal. But if, if it, it's kind of, I'm not going to say it's annoying, but if a control instruction is issued, so you say, hey, you know, Bonanza 06 Kilo, turn left heading 360. If you repeat back the control instruction, and let's say you read it back wrong, well, my job is to correct you. So you say turn right heading 360, and I say negative Bonanza 06 Kilo, turn left heading 360. What happens if you say verify or confirm, we, we end up... We're going to have a conversation now, right? He's like, so you're going to say verify left heading 360. Then I have to say Bonanza 06 Kilo, affirmative, turn left heading 360. You see what I'm saying? And so as you get back, that's how you know it's a newer, newer like pilot. You're like, okay, now, now we have to have a conversation. But what we'll, we'll experienced pilots already know, we can skip the confirm or the verify by just reading back the control instruction. And if I get it wrong, it's on the tapes and the, and the controller is supposed to hear me. So if I got it wrong, he'll correct me. If it's right, then we, then I just killed two birds with one stone, if that makes sense. Exactly, exactly. And Manuela, go ahead. I see you have a comment. That's right. Well, another thing when you cannot say confirm is like take off or turn heading 360, then you cannot reply confirm. You need to say what the ATC said, turning right, heading 360. So that way, you both clear and you hear the instructions because if he will tell you turn left and then you say turn right, then that's misunderstanding and he will correct you. And that's when you verify and confirm the instructions, making sure you're turning in the right direction. Well said. And we'll take, I think, one more comment and then we'll move on to the next word. Philip, go ahead. Yeah, and some places you may hear uh, double uh, di the direction. So, it's, for example, turn right, right heading. And the other thing is with a takeoff, takeoff is only to be used during clearances and nothing, not outside of clearances. 
That is an important clearance. Okay, let's move on to the next word, which is somewhat related. How about the word correction? What is an example of how that would be used properly? Go ahead, April. Thank you. Uh, So correction, if I am issuing a clearance or if you are issuing an instruction or making a request, um, in the middle of saying something, if you made a mistake, you would just say correction. And the last thing that was said would be kind of assumed that that is the portion that you're trying to remove from that conversation, I guess, or strike from the record. Um, and then everything after you, after correction will be what is, what you're trying to say, the correct thing you're trying to say, for instance, um, clear to Fort Lauderdale via the Rudy six departure radar vectors, white correction, elevate, then white, you know, so the, the correction was I missed elevate in the beginning. So it would be like that, but the correction is to, um, insert where the mistake is that at this point I'm going to say the proper thing. Well said, well said. That covers the word correction. Let's move on to the word request. We know what a request is, but how would you use request? Let's go with Gab. Uh, request. So you, as a pilot, you could uh, request join instructions, request airfield information, request taxi. Uh, you can use that for a lot of things. So true. So true. Does anyone have anything to add about the word request? Yeah, it's just a polite way of saying it. Instead of saying, uh, may I please have this? And it's that's a lot of words. And just the word request sounds really nice. Sometimes I use that in email communication or just in other communication as well, uh, just because it's, it's very crisp. It gets right to the point. Let's move on to the word disregard. It's not used very often, but if so, you heard someone say it over the radio, what would that mean? So it literally means ignore what I said. For example, if you request, request DME runway 27, and then right after you say disregard, and that means, you know, ignore what I said, I'll get back to you with another request in, in the future. Exactly. It's like saying, oh, never mind, never mind. Let's talk about the words over and out. They are not used very often. They are mostly just used for certain radio communication with older facilities. Let's start with April. Um, so over and out is, from my recollection, was a military from used during military time where um, to acknowledge or to to signal that you're you're done with your transmission and that you're off the radio that you don't expect anything else afterwards or on the transmission afterwards. So that was just like the period to that line of conversation between the radios. Um, over and out, I have not heard in ATC or in aviation recently, but usually in when I was in the military is when I heard it because there's so much radio communication maybe on the same line. Yeah, so I would separate them and it has slightly wider use. I saw El Capitano Flash's microphone. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm so glad you can represent. Where are you coming in from today and what was your comment? Hi guys, hi. Um hi um, Teresa. Um I'm in Tanzania at the moment, yeah. Well, um April just took the words off my mouth. I wanted to say the same thing, 
but at the same time, um, over means expecting a reply or is the, 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 the conversation is still going on. Then out means you're out of the radio, as April said. Yeah. Exactly. They do mean two different things. So you wouldn't say over and out. You would say over or out. Does anyone have comments about where it is used? Let's go with Philip and then Gab. Oh, where it is used? I don't know, but I just want to say it's not IKEA with standard voice. Oh, that's good to know. Thank you for adding that. Gab, did you have a comment? Uh, it's used in HF uh, radio communication. And it's not usually used in VHF radio communication, which is more common. Um, I think they use it more on oceanic routes uh, where you cannot do any VHF communication due to the curvature of the Earth. Never heard it over there, actually. That's correct, yep. Oh, yeah. So who said that? Was that Omar? No, me, Gemma. Yeah. Oh, Dr. Gemma, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, Gab uh, covered that. Yeah, that's for HF, high frequency, like long time ago, because when I was a child, um, I, I live in a very small city in Indonesia, and uh, we we com- doing communication with that HF. So with, with that HF, sometimes when we fly over the seas, we use cell call radio, right? So um, some phrases, we still use the over stuff like that. So we we're, we never use that on the VHF. That's correct. Excellent points. Excellent points. And let's go to Omar. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Good morning from here. Or good uh, evening or afternoon from wherever you are. Uh, the only two times I've used, I've heard it and I used it back. Uh, is while talking to flight service station. It was an RCO, of course, uh, communicating with uh, St. Petersburg uh, FSS. The other time is I used it when I used, uh, uh, yeah, and it was, I think it was a frequency. It was a dual frequency where you receive on a frequency, uh, uh, when you receive on a VR frequency and transmit on a different frequency and is there do you guys know is there any reason why they use it in there or was it just luck i believe that over and out but not over and out just either one that is t- considered to be traditional radio communication i was meeting with a bunch of ham radio operators that's like hobbyists and they said oh yeah they still use it when their radios are trying to relay around the world. I think it's fallen out of use for VHF communication, which is really what we use for aviation. But it, it still exists a few times. I just bring that up because I think it's somewhat interesting. And again, we mostly just use it in the United States, at least, for just speaking with flight service stations. And that's about it. Any further comments on over or out? And then we'll move on to our next one. Okay. I know all of you knew that these words were coming up. We're going to talk about pan, 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 and the word mayday. Dr. Gemma, and then I think I saw another microphone flash after that. All right. So um, I used that word one time when I got partial loss. And uh, finally, we we made a forced landing in a small bridge. Um, Total loss on the airplane, but um, we were lucky. No scratch at all for three uh, soul on board. So after 1,500 feet, five minutes after departure, we got partial loss. Then I call. Uh, we we tried to troubleshoot, and finally we realized we don't have time. And the airplane sinks. So uh, we call Mayday, 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 because we know that um, the Mayday means we cannot handle it, and that will end it with the forced landing or any emergency landing that required immediate 
assistance for any um, medical or or fire team. So we use Mayday. But somehow um, I got experience as well when my landing gear is is not fully extended. So um, I use Pan Pan because I need like immediate assistance as well. The weather is not so good. So Pan is is completely. Uh, actually, is on the pilot discretion. You can use um, the normal word inside of pan, but if you want a more priority, then you can use uh, pan. And just remember, if you call Mayday in in the United States, that will trigger the FAA um, after you land. Maybe they want to talk and and investigate. So it's, it's, you have to use that uh, wisely. Yes, yes. So Pan versus Mayday. No, yeah, I saw you flash your microphone. Let's have you comment. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Gemma pretty much hit it nail on the head. Um, I'm sure we've all seen the movies when someone says Mayday, Mayday. That is the highest level of an emergency that a pilot can, you know, say. So there's a couple different ways that you can um, inform a controller or whoever's monitoring you through flight that you're experiencing some type of a malfunction in the, in the cockpit. So you could say, you know, you can squawk 7,700 or, or 75 or 76 or whatever. And, but if you don't have time, right, and you say mayday, 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 that's going to alert whoever's monitoring that frequency to say, okay, whoever just said that, you know, figure who that out is, and then they're going to move everybody out your way because you, you may not have time to speak. Pan Pan is, uh, Dr. Gamma just said it, is like you have, I think it's in the point sixty five for air traffic controllers. Uh, I think it's called. Um, I'm drawing a blank, but you have you have a little bit of time to get the, it situated, if that makes sense. Yeah, and let's go with Captain Shanita. Go right ahead. So uh, um, I guess my understanding is Mayday is more like immediate. Like I cannot maintain my current situation. Like I can't maintain altitude. I can't. Uh, something immediate has happened where I need to get on the ground. Pan Pan, I think more is that, um, like, it's not, it's not that. It's something like I have to immediately get on the ground, like I'm about to follow the sky, anything like that. I think more Pan Pan, it's like uh, there's something going on. Um, it's not immediate. I don't need assistance at, the, like, at this moment right here, right now. I need everybody on my way. I think more like uh, like example would be like minimal fuel. So minimal fuel is, uh, if you declare minimal fuel, it's not saying that I'm about to run out of fuel. That is, if any undue, if any delay occurs, I might have, I might not have the fuel to get to my destination. So it's not like an immediate, like I'm about to run out of fuel. That's when you declare, uh, you declare a uh, low fuel, a fuel mercy. But minimal fuel, just saying that the fuel that I have on board right now, like if I continue my flight as is, I will make it. Or if anything comes up, like I have to get into a hole, I have to get vectors for a delay. I might not make it to my airport. And I might have to divert. I just remember what it is. So what, what Shanita was saying, imminent situation. So an imminent situation, you are in an emergency right now. Pan Pan is development of an imminent situation. So like, okay, I think we're about to encounter something. Right. Or so in the official pilot controller glossary, there is a word that uh, we're looking for. It's the word distress versus urgent. Mayday is a distress situation. Pan, pan, pan is urgent situation. Let's start with Johnny, and then we'll say Enrique, Gab, and I'll look for... And then I think, Manuel, I might have seen you as well. Go right ahead, Johnny. So I have a, a comment and, and a question. Like when In those situations, um, 
a lot of times you're really trying to clear the, the, the radio. Like if you were in a pan situation or a mayday situation, when everyone hears that on the radio, you're telling people, hey, just wait a second. I have some sort of issue where there's imminent or is developing. Because a lot of times you're getting some busy airspace and you know us pilots, we'll key that mic without even listening and we just start talking. So when everyone hears pan, 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 everyone gives pause. When everyone hears mayday, 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 everyone gives pause. And that's like asking for the right of way on the radio. My question is to April. If someone says, says mayday, 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 do you still ask them, would you like to, are you declaring an emergency? Do you still have to hear that from them? Uh, no, because a lot of times, because we it is understood that there are certain people that can declare the emergency. The pilot can declare the aircraft operator, like if you work for a company or whatever, or I can declare it as emergency. There's been a lot of times where pilots say, hey, we got smoke in the cockpit, but we're good for now. Nah, bruh. Emergency. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want to do the paperwork or, or they might be timid to, to, to escalate. I know that's extreme, but um, you do not have to. If you're telling me mayday, 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 you have told me that you're in an emergency. And a lot of times when you're saying mayday, 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 a lot of times you're going to say what's going on. Follow that. I'm going to, if you don't say it, I'm definitely going to treat it as such. Um, so yeah, you do not have to say the words emergency for us to kick in the gear. Thank you so much for bringing that up. That was a wonderful question. And we're going to go to Enrique. I'm seeing lots of microphone flashes. So Enrique Gab Manuelas, the, the lineup right now. Pretty much the word mayday came from, from the French help me. Um, me, me day. I, I'm not that French expert. But I know that came from from the French language, and by ICAO definition, when you de when you call up for a mayday, it's pretty much what Noe and Captain Teresa said. Uh, you are in, the, in a distress situation; you require immediate assistance, and that situation poses a threat to your aircraft and to to your to to life, pretty much. Um, whereas in the pen pen call. Um, it's not that serious, but it's, it's still a situation that requires some, some kind of attention. So you're going to, to be given priority by, by ATC in that kind of situation. Well said. Okay, we'll go Gab, Manuela, Philip. Yeah, I just wanted to elaborate on what distress and urgency mean. So when you make an a May Day, um, it is where an immediate danger to life can occur um and a pan pan is there is no immediate danger but there is a threat that it may occur um but i just wanted to ask if someone on board was having a heart attack which one would you declare let's go to april on that and then we'll go to manuela for a comment so when i hear mayday 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 that is the assumption that the aircraft itself is having a mechanical issue that is going is that you're putting yourself that um, that is there's something wrong with the aircraft that you possibly cannot come back from, i.e., an engine failure, fire on board, things like that. If you have somebody or passenger who's having a medical emergency, you would say medical emergency. Let's say if the com the frequency is congested, I would say pan 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 maybe to get like 
you know, get a breakthrough, like Johnny was saying, into the, to be able to clear up the frequency to say something, to say now have a medical emergency. But a lot of times you're just going to say, hey, controller, uh, this is whoever. We have a medical emergency on board requesting assistance at the gate, requesting divert. And that's how that would be handled. But you would not say may, may, mayday, mayday, mayday for a medical emergency unless the pilot is the one who's incapacitated and you're you're trying to take over and don't know what to do. That is probably the only difference. Well, I would say it's not incorrect to say mayday, 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 if, even if it's just maybe less common is probably. I feel like it's, okay, excuse the lack of where it's very dramatic. Uh, in the sense, because when I hear mayday, 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 this plane is going down. Um, that's how I've been conditioned to handle a mayday. Whereas if it's a medical emergency, we still handle it with the same urgency, but there's a different expectation when you hear it of what needs to be handled. Like it's a different, it's almost like two or three steps are already taken care of without having to do it. I don't know. So maybe just go for the lower drama level. Philip, did you have a comment? Yeah, first of all, um, April, um, you have to expect at least Europeans to request Mayday in case of medical emergency if really uh, life-threatening things happen to some passenger because then they really want to have priority uh, by all means and that's due to um, denial of assistance. And the other thing I want to emphasize, the IKO center voice would say station and then three times pen pen or Mayday and then call sign then the rest. Real quick, real quick question. So, um, when you get when if you declare an emergency, a medical emergency, wouldn't you get priority anyway? So you don't necessarily have to say mayday, mayday, mayday. Like you saying mayday, mayday, mayday would be more like um, uh, immediate. And I need your attention right now. You just say, hey, I have a medical emergency. I need to get you know down to the airport. Wouldn't ATC just give you priority anyway? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um... Yeah, I just said you um, you have to expect from some European countries that they might trigger the oh, yes. call. Oh, yes. Um, the airport I work at, we have a lot of international pilots that come in. And some of the stuff that we are not accustomed as American ATC, they do. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, I guess it's a thing. But we have grown to become accustomed to when we have, I know it's foreign pilots to us, so foreign pilots come to our airport. We are accustomed to the different things and the different terminology they use. We adjust to that. But as a whole, the way we are conditioned to handle emergencies or the expectations of when we hear certain trigger words, it's just when you hear mayday, mayday, you wouldn't um, accompany that with a passenger on board might be injured or something. That is where the, but we still handle it the same in the sense of it's always going to be a priority. The steps, what we do behind the scenes to prepare for such things or the type of alerts that we send to the crash and rescue or the next controller that may be handling you to get you down to the ground. Those are the ways that that's what changes the order in which those things are handled based off of the terms that are used behind on, on behind the scenes for us. I want to really uh, hone in on some things. We have all these uh, senior pilots and very experienced pilots on stage going over the semantics of pan, pan, pan versus mayday. I want to just send a message to the, the more junior pilots down there. If you are unsure, say one of the two just to get on the radio, just to make way on the radio. Say what you need to say and someone ATC will help you figure it out. 
If you say pan, 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 when it's really mayday, 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 they will figure it out and they will help you. If you say vice versa, just get on there and say something. Don't sit there and not press the mic because you're unsure of what you need to say. Say one of the two to make your way onto the radio. That's why I made the comment. If you say pan, 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 every pilot, almost every pilot in the world understands that, okay, let me take a second and let this person get their communication out. And then a person like April, like she said, ATC can declare an emergency for you. If you are unsure of your situation, they will help you. They will figure out and they will do their job. What you're doing is setting the stage for someone to listen to you. So I wanted to get that message out to the younger pilots in the room so they understand we are up here having this philosophical discussion about pan, 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 and mayday, mayday, mayday. Just say one of them and you will get your message out. Spoken like a true instructor. Let's see. I was going to go to Captain Shanita, but I definitely could tell Manuela has a comment. We'll go to Manuela, then Captain Shanita, then April, then Kyle. I just want to add to that. Well, you actually, I mean, don't say what, what, whatever. You need to be clear when you are communicating something. Clear communication saves life. So if you cannot handle a task and you feel overloaded, then you might declare a mayday. But if you have a pan pan and you declare a mayday, you might get in trouble. So clear communication. You must understand your problem first, analyze it, and then you are communicating clearly what's happening, your intention, and what you're going to expect. Because you might say pan pan, but you're running out of fuel and you're going down, then well, sorry, you needed to do a May Day so you could have priority on something. If you declare a pan pan, a May Day, and your engine is dead, but you say pan pan, then you are not going to have the same priority. So clear communication must be mandatory when, when, you, when you have to deal with pan pan or May Day, on my opinion. Uh, yes, thank you. And let's, Captain Shanita, did you have a comment? No, I was just uh, agreeing with what Johnny was saying. Oh, excellent. And I believe Kyle was clapping also. April, I believe you had a comment. I would like to piggyback on Johnny. Um, and I would like to comment on Manuela's less. So just so in a professional setting, you have, you are trained to have to say the proper phraseology the proper things like just like Manuela said if you're running out of fuel you're in just stop you don't use pan pan that's a given but I would like to touch on what Johnny said if you're a training if you're doing your first solo or your first solo cross country or something and the instruments are overwhelming you or something is going wrong a lot of times you've all that stuff that the phraseology is thrown out the window because you're too young in hours to have a lot of stuff hammered into you when something really something real is happening so that initial training won't kick in because you're like i'm just trying to keep this plane up so a lot of times you might not remember to say the mayday mayday or the pan pan because of it being um such a term that you're like i'm just trying to keep this plane in the air i can i will expect to say hey tower um this is such and such uh we where we have some things we're a little disoriented like there's no phraseology and talk to me in plain language if necessary because what i don't want you to do is get so bogged down on saying the right thing all the time that you're you lose sight that you're just trying to ask for help so yes there's a, a t you must be professional and concise in what you're trying to communicate 
But at the end of the day, don't get so bogged down and tripped up on seeing it correctly that you're not getting help as soon as possible. So don't don't get bogged down on whether, wait, is this a pan pan or a mayday or emergency fuel or fuel, oh man, that you're not asking for help. I will understand it either way. 100% April, actually 1000% to your comment right there. And April, as an air traffic controller, it, well, actually I'll, I'll open this up to anybody. It, can you undeclare an emergency after you declare one? Yeah, affirmative. And then also, I, I wanted to echo um, what everybody just said as a foreign student who got a training in um, US with non-English speaker, you know, because it was really important. And um, I think it will be really good if all the instructor can say what just Johnny mentioned, because, um, you know, I saw a lot of my classmates who were afraid to speak on the radio call because not only they're in uh, because of language barrier, but they didn't want to make any mistake. Um, mostly actually language barrier. So, uh, but um, you know, it's, so it is always better safe than sorry. And um, when I was in stress during the radio call, I just had to say in plain English and air traffic controller, they were very nice. So, of course, we are here to uh, make it in professional way. But while you're learning, I think it's more to have a confidence to say something rather than having afraid, oh, is this a professional way to do this? You know, if it is the way that we learned. So I think it was really important. Thank you for saying that. Safety is so important. And in the United States, a lot of uh, this does vary from different country to country, but a lot of people are very concerned about paperwork or explaining themselves if they declare an emergency. In the United States, the FAA is very clear that they would rather have you declare an emergency than not declare an emergency. Even if it's something that you might have gotten in trouble for, they actually have a statement saying that the fact that you declared an emergency and asked for help before it was too late should actually count in your favor when they are determining what happened against you. A lot of times there is no penalty at all and even no paperwork for declaring an emergency in the United States. And let's go to April. Go ahead. Uh, that's exactly what I was waiting to say. Um, I would prefer you say, Hey, we may need assistance or, uh, we're having a little difficulty with something or we don't like to declare our emergency blah, blah, blah. and to go back to the question that was presented. Can you cancel an emergency once it has, um, been stated? You can, you can say, um, we, we've worked out our issue. We're no longer declaring an emergency. We no longer require assistance. Or something along that way. What? But on our end, we will follow up just to confirm. Uh, once you get on the ground, we'll just make sure to close up the loop because there are things on our end that we have started and initiated. And while you're flying or dealing with it, we can't get all those answers because we're not trying to bog you down with those details. We're just trying to get enough information to work the problem. And then once on the ground, say, "Hey, uh, we no longer we don't need any further assistance. We we worked out the issue. Um, it was just a false alarm. Cool." Once you get on the ground, we'll probably just say, hey, just give the tower a call just so that we can close the loop up on our end. So what was it that happened? Oh, we had an alert 
or we had a light that came on, but we pro- we did our checklist, we problem solved it and it went off as no worries. All right, cool. And that's probably as far as it goes, just because on the frequency and um, when you say those things, it rings a bell and gets certain chain events going. And so to say, oh, no, we good. We don't need it. We have to kind of give her, OK, why don't we need it anymore on our end? But don't ever be afraid to say you need help and don't ever be ashamed to say, oh, I kind of overreacted or I didn't need that help like I thought I did. I rather like just like uh, Captain Teresa said, if you need it, ask for it. If you're ever in doubt ask we can work it all out once you're safe on the ground exactly exactly let's go to gab uh in ikea the approved phraseology for counseling a mayday or a pan is council pan or council mayday but you can also upgrade your uh, pan to a mayday if if the situation develops not in your favor is that new gap because it used to be canceling urgency or canceling distress Uh, this is only what I have heard during my ATPL theory. Let's go to Captain Anamash. Uh, I second with uh, Captain Philip. Uh, you can cancel, uh, but you have to say cancel urgency or cancel distress as far as I remember from my training days. Thanks for correcting me. Excellent, excellent. Okay, I think we're we are going to move on slightly, but I want to touch on something Captain Shanita said. What is minimum fuel? What does that mean? Is that an emergency? Is it not? No, yay. Go right ahead. Uh, the air traffic control definition for minimum fuel is undue delay. So, like, I think Shanita said it earlier. If a pilot says that they're declaring minimum fuel, that is not an emergency, but they can't uh, accept any undue delay. So, They're not going to get any, you know, delay vectors. We're going to make sure that they don't, uh, when we're lining them up for arrival, we're going to make sure that they're not put too far back, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, any other comments on minimum fuel? Yeah. Um, minimum fuel, normally worldwide, if you say, yeah, um, you're going to get somehow... They're going to consider it, but what I've read from the country rules and regulation of the U.S., It's like a, just a nice no for ATC, but you may not expect a priority at all. If you want to have priority, you will have to declare emergency. That's a good point. So saying minimum fuel means that you're not in an emergency yet, but if you had unexpected or undue delays, then it could turn into an emergency And then, again, to just recap what we just said, at that point, the pilot should declare an emergency if they can tell that they will not be getting uh, the type of handling that they need. That is the res pilot's responsibility. Okay, we're going to go over just a few more words, and we won't go any more than another probably about 15 minutes or so. Uh, just want to add in here that minimum fuel is not acceptable in all the countries. So you have to, uh, like uh, in Middle East, they don't accept minimum fuel. They'll uh, uh, The ATC will force you to declare mayday fuel. Uh, if you say minimum fuel, they, they don't regard it as any kind of emergency or urgency. So you have to uh, check with the Jeppesen uh, manual before uh, going to any country and know the regulations about that. Thanks. Thank you, Captain Anamash. That is why I'm so glad we have such a wonderful international group here because 
we a lot of us either are flying internationally or have flown internationally or want to. So thank you for adding that. I truly appreciate all of the amazing years of experience that we have here on stage. Let's talk now about the word expedite. Basically, do this faster. So expedite, climb to 5,000. Climb to 5,000 feet faster, basically. Well said. Any further comments? Another thing can be for uh, after takeoff, when you literally take your time to vacate a runway and you know it's a busy uh, airport and ATC might tell you, expedite. You need to move faster. Get off the runway. Excellent. Excellent. And Felix, I believe I saw you flash your microphone as well. Yeah, for instance, uh, if an ATC tells you to expedite your climb, uh, it means you should simply uh, increase your rate of climb. Excellent. Just a few more phrases. What does the word VIA mean? V-I-A. So VIA, at least here in Brazil, whenever they say to you climb or descend VIA, means that if you're climbing, you have to follow an SID, a standard instrument departure route. Or if it's a descent via, you have to descend following the a star procedure, a standard terminal arrival route. Very true. And where else might you use it? April, go ahead. I was agreeing with um, with him, but um, I got one. Next, next person. <laughs> I got one. <laughs> Taxi instructions. So they tell you to get to the runway. They say runway nine or uh, taxi via Alpha Lima, whatever, whatever. Yes. And we had a, a student in our previous room on radio communication who just didn't understand what taxi via meant. And it really just means taxi on. The word via is a Latin word and it means by way of. So that is via. Okay. I've got one more phrase that we are going to speak about progressive taxi yeah hello everyone i really enjoyed the conversation and progressive taxi usually you ask for when uh you're not familiar with the airport and you need more instruction that's when you use the progressive taxi i was flying a jet two days ago and we had to ask for progressive taxi and you might say what you're you're a professional pilot. Well, I was flying a jet for maintenance and we were taxiing to a maintenance hangar where we had never been before at a major airport. And we sent a message to our dispatcher and we said, you know, where is that hangar as we were flying along? And they said, oh, just request progressive taxi. I hope that means more to you than it does to us. And we were kind of laughing because that was our backup plan. Uh, yeah. So good story. Uh, actually, Shanita flew into the airport where I worked at once when I was working and she landed long and I'm not sure I always wonder about that too when pilots are like coming in to fly I'm assuming they kind of anticipate how they're going to taxi to the FBO but since she landed long I, I don't I don't know if she and so I, I told her to 180 on the runway <laughs> so I don't think she was expecting that so 180 on the runway turn right at golf four contact ground point niner and uh she's like uh unfamiliar can you uh request progressive so we're going back to the word request that we were talking about earlier and then she requests progressive. And I said, okay, you know, turn right, golf four is going to be on your right-hand side, left on golf. And then you'll see the ramp uh, heading to your right. Great point. And so are you a current air traffic controller or a former air traffic controller? I'm so glad you're here, by the way. Yeah, I'm an air traffic controller right now. 
Wonderful, wonderful. I love it. Okay, I'm looking for just a few more comments. Let's go with Johnny. I definitely, um, you know, I know a lot of pilots probably will have their, you know, the approach played out or not the approach played, but airport diagram, taxi diagram out or your aircraft has it, you know, built in. But, you know, the airports, for me, airports like Memphis, a lot of switchbacks and a lot of, you know, just some of it's a little bit confusing. So you, you don't want to make a mistake and end up uh, in a uh, playing chicken with another aircraft because you made a wrong turn. So, you know, it's there for your use to um, to, to use it. You know, I know some pilots might shy away from it because, you, you know, you got that 20,000-hour Delta pilot that's sitting there on the ramp looking at you, asking for progressive, like a <laughs> rookie. But, hey, use it. Use it. It's, it's there for you to use. And um, what, uh, I can't, I'm sorry, man. I can't pronounce Noe. Noe. Uh, Noe. No, I apologize, man. Noe. He, he just said something that sparked a, a, a comment or a question for later on, Captain Teresa. He said, contact ground on point niner. I would like to touch on that a little bit later. We'll start with April. I believe you went first. You were first. Thank you. I'll be quick. Um, no matter how experienced you think you are, if you have a doubt, ask the question, hey, can we get progressive? Because it, it will alleviate so much. I had an incident um, during the summer uh, where a pilot was confused of where to turn. It ended up on the runway as the aircraft was departure roll. And the aircraft had to rotate early to overfly him. And it was very dramatic. And a simple, hey, is this the turn we need to make here? Could have alleviated that. And and it, if ever in doubt, especially when you have an airport with a lot of hot spots or quick turns or letters, double letters, the same letter, but it, it does almost a 45 degree turn, even though it's the same letter, be careful and always ask. I don't care how many times you've flown in and out. If there's anything that makes you doubt, just ask. Like, okay, we got it from you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always ask. 1,000% yes. We'll go to Enrique and then Mika and then Philip. So um, back in the day when Kim Stevie was working at JFK, I used to see sometimes that he gave a text instruction that was quite curious and I want to know if that's the same. So pretty much he called an aircraft and say, um, let's say American 1, um, join Taxway Alpha and follow the Delta 737 ahead. Does that count as pro progressive taxi or not? That, that wouldn't be called progressive taxi, although that's quite common to be told to follow another airplane. The progressive taxi is more like they're, as you're going, they're saying, okay, now you're coming up on Taxiway Bravo, turn right. And then as you're getting close to Taxiway Charlie, they'll say turn left and that kind of thing. So it, it, it truly is a progression. And I, I have to tell you, the other day when we asked for progressive taxi, they didn't really give it to us the whole way. They just said, oh, it's going to be something like, you know, Tango Sierra Uniform. And then we figured it out. But true progressive is as they're coming up on the intersection, then they tell you when to turn. Yeah, I just wanted to add um, what you just said. So... Uh, for the very beginner pilot or who doesn't even have um, experience, they might not know how the taxi works. So instead of telling us whole sentence or instru instruction at once, the navigate it, it works 
just like how car navigation works. So traffic controller will be with you along the way. And then they will tell you when we reach at the next section. So you, you can, you know, follow the step by step. Um, I hope that will help for whoever doesn't have idea how the taxi work. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for adding that. And Philip, did you have a comment? Yeah, uh, actually, I've never heard it before. Um, I think it must be an, a local thing in the U.S. Um, the only thing, my que I, the question I have is, um, you do the progressive tax instruction only when it's not that congested in, on the ground or on the... Am I correct? Otherwise, um, because it feels for me that it's that you're somehow a remote controlled, uh, and then you have to wait the instructions. Otherwise, um, I think I would taxi too far, for example. Well, so now those are two good points. I just got some messages from people in the audience from other countries. I believe one of them was from India and possibly from somewhere else, and they said that they had never heard it either. So. I think we're all learning here. It must be an FAA thing as opposed to an ICAO thing. Wow. Okay. Oh, I, I come up from Thailand. Thank you so much. I think we all just learned that. And then, Philip, it's not meant to be used on a regular basis because pilots are meant to do their homework first and know where they are going because it can tie up a frequency. That being said, when a pilot is stuck, they still have to stop the plane and ask for help as, as they're taxiing along. That's much safer. So you don't want to rely on it on a daily basis, but every now and then, if you need it, that's when you use it. This is Captain Teresa. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you were one of the people being recorded, I thank you. If you were one of the people that we edited out of this recording, I beg your forgiveness. There were many reasons that this episode may have been edited, including length, audio quality, and accuracy. We don't always have the right answers. I ask you to view this as entertainment and not as a replacement for formal instruction or advice. If you want to send constructive feedback or if you have questions, feel free to contact us through our website landingswithaflare.com. You can view announcements on our Instagram account, landingswithaflare. You can also join our live conversations on Clubhouse in the club pilot flight training. If you got value out of this podcast, please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a positive review. Wherever you are in the world, we wish you happy landings.